Going up with God to me happens every day. It's, it, I can't really start my day without spending time with Him. And um, it, I feel like it's just so much a part of me and a part of my life that the minute I wake up in the morning, I'm thinking about, about my time with Him. And um, you can't just like hope that that's going to happen. You know, I mean, I think we all think about how, how nice it would be to spend time with God. And, um, and yet, just hoping that's going to happen, or it, you know, it, it's not. So there, it is. You have to be intentional about it. Um, it takes some planning, and I get distracted. So anyway, I it's hard to set aside those distractions. And um, one of the things for me that I've had to be so intentional about is not even letting my technology be anywhere near me um, in the morning. I I can't have my phone anywhere nearby. I have some devotionals on my iPad. And I learned that I can't even do that because if I if I turn that on and look something up there, you know, all the little, you know, alerts show up, and I've got this email waiting for me or whatever. So I I have to be very deliberate about that and and leave those things in the other room until I have had that time with God. He is so faithful, and actually I like to start that time with like worship and and worship music and to just focus on the things that are important during that time because there are so many distractions and my thoughts can go a million different directions and um, thinking about God's faithfulness is one of the one of the things that helps me to focus because I can sit in that time and remember that all the times he's shown up in difficult seasons or good seasons or whatever and just has been faithful to see me through that. If we wait for God to show up, patient, if we can be patient and if he doesn't show up in one day's time or in a week's time or two weeks time just persevere in that and he is pursuing us and and i think it delights his heart when we pursue him and when we're when we sincerely give our hearts and we're sincerely looking for that relationship um, he is going to be quick to answer that prayer well good morning friends uh, good to be with you guys this morning. Thanks for taking some time out of your weekend to be with us, especially our first-timers. If it is your first time here, our first time in a long time, uh, grateful to have you with us this morning. I was thinking for some odd reason during worship, I was brought back to my high school days. I don't even know if they do this anymore. You guys can tell me if they do. They do the spirit assemblies, right? And they would like do the chants for each grade level, like F-R-E-S-H. They still do that stuff? Remember that back in high school when they would do that and they'd have a competition between the, the classes and stuff? I was thinking we need to do that for sections in the sanctuary here. There's be like a left section, a center section, a right section, and like a balcony. And just see who can bring the most praise into this place. What do you think? Next weekend? All right, be careful where you sit next weekend, right? I mean, choose your company wisely. I think that could be fun. Anyway, sorry, I, I totally digress. That's, that's nothing to do with the sermon. Uh, hey, we're uh, at West Bowles. I want to tell you something real fast before we dive in. Uh, we really take that word community uh, very seriously. I mean, it's in our name for a reason. West Bowles Community Church. And uh, finding and creating, uh, building that community, right? That deep, meaningful community. It's very important to us. But you have to know it's going to happen probably outside of this space and this time, right? Developing those friendships and getting to know one another. I mean, that's going to happen outside of a, 
a Sunday morning. On Sunday mornings, we come together to encourage one another, to worship with one another, uh, to study the word with one another, but to befriend one another, that's going to happen outside of this space. And that's why we invest so many of our resources into our men's and women's ministries, into the choir, into our home builders groups, into the youth group, into volunteer options, into mission trips. And that's really the heart and soul of West Bowls. If you're just a part of her on a Sunday morning, you're really missing out. So I really want to encourage you, get involved. Don't just join us on a Sunday. Join in on what's going on throughout the week. And that's where you're going to really find uh, the friendships and the encouragement and the life that you're really looking for. And I'm glad you're here on a Sunday morning, but I really want to encourage you, stop by the next steps table, figure out what else is going on, something else you can be involved in and, uh, and volunteer to be a part of it. I think it'll really bless you, really help you in your faith. All right, well, hey, we're in the middle of a sermon series right now at West Bowles entitled Up. And it's based on a simple passage that we read, one simple line in Exodus 19, 20. Here's what it says. And the Lord came down to Mount Sinai, and the Lord called Moses to the top of that mountain, and Moses went up. And Moses went up. Now, in this passage, we read that, that God not only comes down and descends to the top of this mountain called Mount Sinai, that's a pretty amazing, spectacular feat all in of itself, that our God would come down to us. So not only does he come down, but he also invites a guy named Moses up. And this invitation up is not just an invitation to like scale this mountain or to say, like, I climbed a 14er. I don't even know how tall Mount Sinai is. But it's not so we can just see the summit of Mount Sinai. God calls him up so Moses can see God. This invitation up is truly an invitation to encounter God and to experience God in a very personal way, a very profound way, a very powerful way. It's an invitation to hear God's voice, be in God's presence, be changed by God's glory. And right when we're thinking to ourselves, man, that Moses, he's so lucky. Like I wish I had an opportunity to connect with God, to see God, to hear God in that way. That way. Right when we're saying that, we come across a passage like James 4, 8. Listen to this. It says, come near to God, and he will come near to you. Read that out loud with me real fast. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. One more time. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. That's James 4. I'm not sure if you, if you fully fathom what you just said. That intimacy, that friendship, that closeness, that nearness that Moses had on that one day on top of that one mountain, all of that, that whole dynamic, that's now, that's now ready and available for you. That's now possible for you. Come near to God, go up, and he will come down. He will meet you. He will draw near to you. So this invitation up it's not just one that was given to Moses, it's one that's been given to all of us, to meet the Lord, to talk with the Lord, to be in the Lord's presence, to be changed by his glory. In fact, being close to you is what God wants most for you. That's why Jesus went to the cross. I mean, Christianity and, and the death and resurrection, it's not just so that we can show up or clean up or listen up or pay up. It's so that we can go up, so we can go up and be with the Lord. So over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about what does that look like? What does that mean for us? And I love Katie's thoughts in that video, and I'm thankful that she shared some of those things. Going up can happen at any point in the day. In fact, it could probably happen at multiple times throughout your day. 
You can go up and be with the Lord. You can take time to be with him. Set aside time to intentionally be in his presence. You can do it when you first wake up. You can do it on the treadmill. You can do it when you're walking the dog, taking the kids to school, when you're cooking dinner. You can encounter the Lord any time you want. James 4.8 says what? Come near to God and he will come near to you. Anytime, at any point, anywhere. And as we've been seeing so far in this series, when you go up, your time is going to quickly fill up, is it not? There are so many things that you get to do and are called to do and that you need to do when you go up into the Lord's presence. I mean, you can lift him up in praise and adoration. You can fess up to the shortcomings and failures in your life. You can eat up and feed your soul through his word. You can speak up and share the requests that are on your heart, something Nathan did a great job of talking about last week. There are so many things we need to do when we go up. That's why we gotta go up a lot. And I hope and pray that you're starting to experience that more and more, starting to experience God more and more. But in my opinion, in addition to lifting him up and fasting up and eating up and speaking up, at the top of the list, one of the most important things that we need to do when we go up is listen up. That's what I want to talk about this morning and even for the next couple of weeks. See, thus far, we've talked about the things that we say to God when we enter into his presence. And I want you to be a little overwhelmed, kind of this collective like, ooh, go ahead and do it now. Ooh, God listens to you. Again, The God of the heavens and the earth, he actually hears you when you speak to him. So when you lift up the praise and adoration, the things that we just did, he hears that. When you confess your sins, he hears that. When you share what's on your heart and the things that you think that you need, all of that, when, when you say something to God, he hears you. In fact, I heard one author say this, all of heaven goes instantly silent the moment you open your mouth to speak to the Lord. He hears you. But the question is, do you hear him? See, because we've been talking about everything that we say to him when we go up, but the truth is, he's got a lot that he wants to say to us. And I want to make sure that we're in tune and hearing that. So let me pray for us, and then we'll dive into it. God, you are an amazing God, and we just want to come before you now and sit at your feet, listen to your voice, and, and hear your words. Because we believe that the things you have to say are better than anything anybody else has to say. So help us to hear you now. Make it so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've got a little game that I want us to play this morning that will help kind of kickstart this whole idea of, of listening to someone's voice. I want to see if you can recognize certain celebrities based solely on their voice. So we're going to play a few audio clips, and I want to see if you can figure out who is talking in each of these clips. You with me? All right, number one. Go ahead. I'm just trying to do more music that's more myself. Today I wrote a song called wow. Robot, and it's about like... Not wanting to be like exactly the None other than Miley Cyrus. The team's got that. So, Even before I played the clip, that was scary. Few, uh, it, it, it would, you would be happy to know first service actually got that one. Man, I was proud of them. I was, maybe I should be really scared, right, that they, uh, they did that one. All right, let's do another one. Might be appropriate. A noted bullfighter wrote a poem, a few lines of which do seem appropriate. The bullfight critics ranked in rows fill the enormous plaza full. Ronald but Reagan, only one no, no, is there Ronald who Reagan. Really what a great voice, what a powerful voice. All right, let's do another one. What's it, we're doing an interview, right? right? Yeah. And he says, man, you know, like, uh, you know, he's a reporter. And he says, I'm your biggest fan. Can you, you know, can I have a hug, please? Right. So I go to give this joker a hug. Any ideas? He like Will tries to Smith. Lead to a few like of you got me. it. Let's do one more. Uh, 
We were doing a show at the Regal Theater in Chicago. And, um, what? Y'all got that right off the bat? This is like a girl. How'd you know? Michael Jackson. Well played. Wow. You guys did better than I thought you would. But you see, here's, here's the truth. It, it's hard sometimes to recognize somebody simply by the sound of their voice. And what's true with celebrities is also true with the Lord. Sometimes it's hard to hear his voice, isn't it? And sometimes it's hard to know that, that what you're hearing is truly from the Lord. It's hard to recognize that he's the one trying to communicate with you in that moment, hearing God's voice, let alone recognizing that it is him simply through the sound of his voice. It's something that doesn't come very easy to some of us. It's something that doesn't come very natural to many of us. In fact, as I say that, as I bring up this idea of listening to God, hearing the sound of his voice, some of you might be thinking, like, what are you talking about? God speaking, hearing from the Lord, that doesn't make any sense to me. Let me try to explain it a little bit more for you. As you read through the pages of Scripture, one of the things you're going to notice about the Lord is that he's a very talkative God. He's a very communicative deity. See, the phrase, the Lord said, or God said, that phrase shows up in Scripture over 350 times. Now, to give you a little bit of context, the words love and God are found in the same sentence 150 times. The words obey or honor God show up in the same sentence 90 times. The words worship and God show up in the same sentence 115 times. So the Lord said that phrase 350 times. Our God is a chatty Kathy. I don't know why we even say that. Who's Kathy anyway, right? Anyway. But you don't have to dig very deep in the pages of Scripture to see this trait of God begin to manifest itself. I mean, it happens right off the get-go. Genesis 1, verses 2 and 3. The earth was without form. It was void. Darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. See, everything that has been created from the highest mountain peak to the most minuscule of particles, all of it has been created because God said so, because he literally spoke it into existence. Think about a song with me for a second. The song right now is not in existence, but as soon as I begin to sing the song, la, 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 that song now is in existence, is it not? So when I speak it, it is created. That's why you exist. That's why this world exists. That's why the cosmos exists because God spoke it. But it didn't stop there. Adam and Eve heard the voice of God in the Garden of Eden. God spoke to Noah about the coming flood. A man named Abram had his entire trajectory changed when he heard the voice of the Lord. The great leader Moses heard God's voice in a burning bush and then again on top of this mountain that we've been talking about. In fact, a lot of people heard the Lord's voice on this mountain. Look at Deuteronomy 5. When you heard the voice out of the darkness, while the mountain was ablaze with fire, all the leaders of your tribes and your elders, they came to me, and you said, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and his majesty. We have heard his voice from the fire. And today we have seen that a person can live when God speaks to them. Young Samuel in Samuel chapter 1 is awakened several times by the voice of the Lord. Elijah, the prophet, is ministered to and strengthened by the voice of the Lord. And it's not a loud, obnoxious voice, 
the voice Elijah heard was a still, small voice, a whisper. Isaiah, another prophet, heard the voice of the Lord, and he believed that you would as well. Isaiah 30, 21, when you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. Walk in it. And this trend of God communicating with his people doesn't stop when the New Testament begins. Zechariah, Mary, and Joseph, they all learn they're going to be parents. How? The Lord tells them. And then God does this awesome orchestration of angels and, and shepherds and prophets, even the stars themselves. And through all of those things, he announces the arrival of his son, Jesus. And then speaking of Jesus, look at what the Hebrew author says. Hebrews 1, in the past... God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets many times and in other various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. I love what the author is saying. He's saying God has spoken to us throughout all of history past. And it's been the prophets and it's been different people. Different things have happened. But now, now he's been speaking primarily through Jesus so what he's saying is when you hear Jesus, when you listen to Jesus, you are literally hearing from God. His words are God's words. But even when Jesus leaves the scene and leaves the earth, God continues to speak. He speaks to the disciples in terms of where to go, whom to accept, whom to embrace, how to find strength in, in difficult times. Look at what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take my trial away from me. But God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfect in your weakness. But God said to me. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Guys, we could spend weeks just talking about and looking at all the verses that says, and the Lord said. But I just want you to see, we serve a God who speaks. Throughout all of history, God has graciously and powerfully and clearly communicated with mankind. Whether it's through visions or dreams or angelic visitations, it could be a direct contact, it could be a dialogue, it can even be through a donkey. Yes, the Lord spoke through a donkey, Numbers chapter 22. God has always chosen and God has always delighted in communicating and speaking directly to us. And this might come as a shock to you or a surprise to some of you, especially those of us who aren't fully convinced the Lord is real or fully convinced that he's all that interested in us or cares all that much about us. But this God who has been speaking since the beginning of time itself, he's still speaking today. And he actually wants to speak to you today. He's got a word for you. He wants to say something to you. He wants to share his heart with you. And he wants to bring life to your heart. See, there's no reason to think he's stopped speaking. There's no verse in the scripture that says he's grown silent. The opposite is, in fact, the case. God has always been speaking, and he always will speak. The question is not, is he speaking to his people? The question is, are his people listening to him? Are we hearing his voice? The story is told of Franklin Roosevelt former U.S. president, who often endured very long receiving lines at the White House. He complained to one of his trusted aides one day that no one ever paid attention to what he said when he was talking to people in those lines. So one day during a reception, he decided to try a little experiment. To each person who passed by, he shook their hand, and then he murmured, I murdered my grandmother this morning. 
The guests responded with phrases like, marvelous, keep up the good work, we're so proud of you, God bless you, sir. It was not until the end of the line, while greeting the ambassador from Bolivia, that his words were actually heard. Puzzled, the ambassador stopped for a second, pulled FDR in a little closer and whispered, well, sir, I'm sure she had it coming. You see, like FDR, God is always speaking. The question is, are you listening? Are you hearing what he has to say to you? Like that one movie says, do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's what I think the Lord is trying to say. See, I believe with all of my heart the words of Deuteronomy 30, verses 19 and 20. I believe they still apply today. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses, Now choose life so that you and your children may have life, may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. Read these verses with me. I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live, and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to to his voice and hold fast to him. This passage is incredible for so many reasons. First, it's telling us our God is a God of life. That's what he does. It's what he does best. Whether it's new life, resurrected life, eternal life, our God always brings and breathes life. And the life that he has intended for you, the life that he has designed for you to experience this full life, this abundant life, the best life, It's not found in the new sports car. It's not found on top of the corporate ladder. It's not found in the bigger house or the fatter bank account. It's not found in those things. It's found in three things at the end of that verse. You will find life. You will experience life when you love the Lord your God, listen to his voice, and hold fast to him. That's how you you have life. That's how you find it. Love, listen, and hold fast. I love that about our Lord. It's not complicated, is it? Love him, listen to him, and hold fast to him. I think King David loved this about the Lord as well. That's why in Psalm 29, he spends all of his energy praising God for, of all things, God's voice. Listen to this psalm. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. What he's saying is praise the Lord. Praise God. He is such a big God. He's so much better than what I ever imagined him to be. Worship the Lord now in the splendor of his holiness. Now look at what he says. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The glory, the God of glory thunders over many waters. Sounds like Genesis 1 verse 2, doesn't it? The voice of the Lord is powerful, he says. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Go and this week read Psalm 29. It's the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Lord and the voice of the Lord. I was kind of reflecting on my own life. Like, I don't think I've ever praised God or written out a prayer of thanks for his voice. And that's exactly what David is doing in Psalm 29. God, your voice, when I hear your voice, it sounds so sweet. So hearing God's voice, it's not some small thing. It's not something that should be relegated to those crazy Christians out there who go around saying they heard from the Lord. 
Hearing the voice of God is not something that is reserved for the Pentecostals or something that only the paid professionals get to experience. The truth is every single one of us can hear from the Lord. Every single one of us needs to hear from the Lord. Every single one of us is able to hear from the Lord. There's a reason grandparents save old phone messages from their grandkids, isn't there? Like, hi, Papa, we love you. There's a reason they, they save it and they play it again and again and again. And there's a reason we play old home videos of people that we have lost, the loved ones that we have lost. Why? Because we love the sound of their voice. Their voice has so much life in it. It has so much love in it. Their voice is able to bring us back to a place of abundance and goodness. And what do we even say to somebody if we haven't heard from them in a long time? A compliment. It's so good to hear your voice. It's so good to hear your voice. And that's my prayer and my hope for West Bowles, that we all get to the place where we say that to the Lord. Lord, it is so good to hear your voice. In John 10, Jesus is talking about this very thing. He's talking to the disciples and his closest followers, and he's trying to describe the type of relationship that he wants to have with the people that will claim allegiance to him. And so he uses the analogy and the imagery of, of a shepherd and sheep. This isn't very flattering to us, and it doesn't really mean a whole lot to us either. We're like, yeah, what, what are you talking about here? But in the original context, first century, this would have been profound. This would have been super powerful. In fact, as Jesus is making this comparison, I imagine he's pointing up on a hillside and he's even saying to the guys, you see, you see that shepherd right over there, right there on the hillside? You see him? You see the way that he's caring for those sheep? See the way that he's leading those sheep? See the way that he's protecting those sheep? That's how I feel about you. The way that he is doing all those things for them, that's what I want to be doing for you. This is Jesus' words exactly. John 10 verse 3. The sheep will hear the shepherd's voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he's brought them out, all of his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. A stranger will not follow. They will not follow a stranger. They'll flee from him. They don't know the voice of strangers. In verse 16, and I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also so that they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. See, according to Jesus himself, listening to God, hearing the voice of the Father or the shepherd, it's not some tangential part of our faith. That's what it means to walk by faith. That's what it means to have faith, to live by faith. Hearing the voice of God, knowing the voice of God, listening to the voice of God. That's how you follow God. That's how you honor God. That's how you show God that you love him. I mean, it's true in other relationships, isn't it? If I love you, I set aside time to listen to you. I put the controller down and I put the iPad down and I, put, I shut the phone off and I listen to you with my ears and my eyes. I listen. If I don't really care about you, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to screen that call. I don't want to talk to him. Reject down, right? If I love you, I listen to you. The same is true with the Lord. If I love him, I will listen to him. But more than that, based on what Jesus is saying in John 10, Hearing God's voice, it, it's what distinguishes believers from the rest of the world. That's what makes us a little bit different from everybody else, is that we hear directly from the Lord. Not only does it distinguish us from the world, but it helps us from being distracted or derailed by the world. 
I did a little experiment the other day, and I counted how many different people spoke to me in the course of one workday. I like, I just want to hear how many, or, or, or attract, I'm not, I count, I'm an idiot, sorry. Okay. I want to count how many voices I heard in the course of the day. So at the beginning of the day, there's obviously the voices of my wife and, and, and my, my two girls. There's like 10 different voices on the radio, right, from where, for where I live, driving to work. They're the different people at work that I talked to during the day. I spoke to my neighbor outside that night and my sister on the phone. And there are all those little voices in my head that were going on throughout the day. Because anybody who is sane admits to hearing voices. Am I right? Thank you. Okay. I think you see where I'm going with, with all of this. There are a lot of voices out there. There are a lot of people that are speaking to us. And that's why it is so important that as Christians we're able to distinguish the voice of the Lord from all other voices. That's why it's so important that we're able to hear directly from him. Because some of those other voices, they're a little confusing. They're a little contradictory almost, aren't they? So many people are saying so many different things and it's hard to make sense of all that stuff. That's why you, when you hear from the Lord, it brings clarity to all those things. We have to be able to hear, recognize, and listen to the voice of God above all else and before all else. Why? He's the good shepherd, Jesus says, which means this, God and God alone knows what's best for you. God and God alone knows what will really hurt you. God and God alone knows where you will find good things in this life. God and God alone knows how you're going to get through this really difficult time in your life. God and God alone, he knows exactly what you need. He has the answer to your questions and the solutions to your problems. That's what makes him the good shepherd. He knows where you've got to go right now. He knows what you got to do right now. He knows who you should be around or who you should not be around right now. And the only way to navigate this crazy life, the only way to get through the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the twists and the turns, it's to follow him. He leads as we listen. That's how it works. He leads us as he knows best, only as we listen to him. A pastor once told me about a trip he took to Israel and during that trip, he was able to talk to some native shepherds. And the shepherds told him this fascinating story. They said that during the day, different shepherds with their different flocks, they will kind of come together in a particular field. It's a good grazing area, so everybody just comes together. The shepherds are a little lonely. They want a little human interaction during the day. So five or six different shepherds will come together in one field. And they'll talk it up. They'll joke about the sheep, I'm sure, right? Corny sheep jokes. I'm sure it's part of the equation. They'll laugh. They'll chat. They'll catch up. But then by the end of the day, it's time to go home. And so the one shepherd will make a simple noise, maybe like ep, 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 and he'll just start walking home. And all of his sheep, all of whom are mixed in with a bunch of other sheep, all of his sheep will turn around and start following him home. Then another shepherd will make a different noise, maybe ha, 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 ha. He'll start walking in a separate direction, and all of his sheep will turn around and immediately begin to follow him home. And so it goes. All of the sheep know the voice of their shepherd so well. It takes a word, a simple sound, and they find their way home. Church, if that doesn't preach, man, I don't know what will. If that's not true for us, the sheep know the unique and distinct voice of their shepherd so well that when they hear him, they know exactly where they're supposed to go. I have to believe this is exactly what Jesus had in mind in John 10. 
The sheep, his followers, you and I, we're supposed to know his voice so well that a single word will move us in a certain direction. A single word will take us from here to there. A single word will take us home. I even love the song, Captain. We're going to sing it one more time before we leave this morning. One word from you, and I'll even enter into the darkness if you ask me. Why? Because I know that you've said it. Because I've heard from the Lord. So the question becomes, how confident are you personally in hearing God's voice? Is this totally strange and odd to you? Or is this something you really, you really want or really behind? Do you have a John 10? Yes. Moment of silence. Oh. See, life normally comes through the word, but not for this guy. Man, I'm sorry. If you're new, that guy has bugged us for years. Pun intended. All right, sorry. The question becomes, <laughs> that was like on a platter, Lord. Thank you. It was like, anyway. How confident, how confident are you in, in hearing the voice of the Lord? Do you feel like if you honestly had to, um, to talk about it openly with somebody else, do you feel like you have a John 10 type of relationship with the Father? Do you feel like, ep, 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 pa, ha. do you feel like a simple word from the, the shepherd? Do you feel like you could hear it? Do you feel like it would move you? Do you feel like it would change you? Do you know the sound of the shepherd? Do you know the sound of God, the sound of his voice? So we're gonna talk about that the next couple of weeks. Let me invite the band back up and we'll close in a song. Uh, you see, you don't necessarily need to hear from me. You don't necessarily need to hear from your boss or your parents or your kids or your teacher. Now, I don't want you to stop listening to those people, but you and I need to hear from the Lord, don't we? You and I need to hear a word from the Lord to get through what some of us are going through to get clarity on some of the big decisions that we are having to make, to endure the trials that some of us are facing. And we need to hear a word from the Lord. And we can. It is possible. And I'm excited for some of you to experience it maybe for the very first time. The problem, though, I imagine, is that we have a lot of questions and concerns, a lot of hesitancies when it comes to hearing from the Lord. And Pastor Thomas, are you talking about a literal voice, like an audible voice? Do you think he would honestly talk to me? Pastor Thomas, people have asked me that. What does God say when he speaks? How do you know it's God and not just the tapatio sauce talking, right? I mean, how do, you, how do you know? How do you hear? How do you make sense of this? So I'm so excited to spend the next few weeks talking about how to hear from God. We're gonna unpack what God's voice sounds like, how you filter and make sure that it is from the Lord. How do you have the courage to act on what you hear? Because hearing and heeding are two sides of the same coin. We're gonna talk about what God typically says to us, things that get in our way and that close off our ears so that we can't hear from him. We're gonna talk about all this stuff together. You're not gonna to wanna to miss it because you see our God speaks. He's a very talkative God. And, and the fact that you understood and, and, and recognized Miley Cyrus's voice, that, that's good, well, well done. And Michael Jackson, even better, even better. But I want you to be able to hear and recognize God's voice because when you do, heaven itself will applaud and this life will be very different. So let me pray that over us and we'll sing that captain song one more time. This time, listen to it now and sing that song through the lens of hearing the voice of the Lord and letting him be your guide, your shepherd, your captain. Let's pray. God, 
We thank you that you are not a silent God, that you are not so far removed from us or that your throne is not so distant that we cannot hear you or that you don't want to talk to us, God. No, you are a very talkative God. You want to have a personal relationship with us. You want to speak into each of our lives. You have a unique word for every single one of us. You formed us. You know our inward ways. You know our innermost thoughts. You know the trials that we're facing, the difficulties that we have, the relationships that we're in. You know all of this, God. And so a word from you will bring so much life to us. It'll bring so much clarity. It'll bring so much strength. And so speak now, God. Speak to us and help us to hear your voice. Help us to say in our own lives, and the Lord said to me. We want to hear from you, God, because we believe things will be drastically different when we do. So speak to us now over the next couple of days and weeks. Please continue to speak, continue to talk, continue to communicate with even us. Make it so now. In Jesus' name we pray.